What's up, Cape League fans, and welcome to another episode of the Cape League Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Scanlon, and on today's episode, we have an interview with former Harwich Mariner and current Minnesota twin, Taylor Rogers. The former Kentucky Wildcat was a member of the 2011 Harwich team that won the championship, and he was selected as a Cape League All-Star. The following year, Taylor was drafted by the Minnesota Twins and made his MLB debut in 2016. So, let's get into the interview. Here he is, Taylor Rogers. All right, we now welcome on former Cape League champion for the 2011 Harwich Mariners and current pitcher for the Minnesota Twins, Taylor Rogers. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Taylor. What's going on, man? Hey, not much. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to do this. Yeah, I mean, we really appreciate you coming on. You're actually our first player interview, and, um, you know, I'm super psyched. You had a huge year last year for the Twins, so, you know, congratulations there. And, you know, it seems like the Cape League played a pretty big part in your life. So, now let's get right down into it. Um, you know, you played at Kentucky. When was the first time you heard about the Cape League, and, you know, how were you approached to join the league? You know, once once got into college baseball, you kind of start to hear about the Cape and, you know, like the best players in, in college baseball go up there. And you always kind of hope one day maybe you can do that too. And uh, it was fall of my sophomore year. I had a teammate who was a year older than me and had been in the Cape previously. His name was Braden Captine, and he played for Harwich. And he said, hey, uh, what, what are you doing this summer? And I was like, well, nothing. That's a long ways away. And uh, he said, well, would you want to play for the team I played for last year uh, up in Cape Cod? And I said, absolutely. I said, how do we get this going? And uh, he said, well, I'll just tell them you're interested. And I think the rest will take care of itself. So that's kind of the way it worked. I think uh, Steve Engler talked to my coach, Gary Henderson, and, and uh, we got it wrapped up. And before Thanksgiving, uh, I already had plans to go up there for the summer. So uh, it was definitely super exciting and uh, uh you know, something I'll always remember kind of how it panned out. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. I don't hear too much that it was like a player referral almost. So, um, you know, it definitely seems like a little bit of a fraternity there, but, you know, so you mentioned you had plans to go to the Cape, you know, before you joined the league, was this your first ever experience going to Cape Cod and, and being in this, in this area? It was. Yeah. Had never, had never been to the Northeast before. And interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously going to Kentucky, you know, I kind of had a feel for um, meeting people with different accents. And <laughs> K- yeah. Kentucky is unique. You have some people from uh, Illinois and Ohio, so and they're coming south for school. And you have a couple people from Kentucky. And so you have a lot of accents going on uh, just at the school in general. So going up to, to Boston area and stuff uh, was a new accent for me, um, mm-hmm. but I uh, was definitely used to that. And uh, it was fun to kind of jab at people. They're like, man, you you have a weird accent, and I was like, no, you do. No, you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I know, I know that. I mean, being from the Cape myself, and now living in Boston, it's it's definitely um, a very unique one. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, so what were your initial feelings like? You know, going to a place you've never been before, and you know, wanting to go out and really show who you are. I mean, did you have any concerns, kind of going to be out on your own? Not really. Um, I think going to college, uh, kind of far away kind of prepared me for that. Um, it was more so kind of being the new kid at school was what I kind of thought it was going to be. Um, not knowing anybody, be by myself. You know, I always had a twin brother growing up too. So I never really had to do things on my own and, uh, you know, introduce myself to people and get to know people on my own. I always had my brother by my side. So I was worried about that. 
But then once I got up there and realized everybody was in the same boat as me, that made it a lot easier. And, and the way the coaching sure. staff was, they had been accustomed to that dynamic, you know, year after year. Sure. So it was a pretty smooth process after that. Well, that's good. But, you know, one thing I did want to ask you about, because it seemed like this was kind of a funny story was, you know, how did you get to the Cape? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I had a uh, 1999 Jeep Wrangler and uh, the AC and the heat did not work in it. And oh, uh, the, the radiator was having some problems. So I could only go about, it sucked up gas. I could only go about 150 miles um, on a gas tank. So I'm driving up through, you know, West Virginia and all that in the middle of summer with the windows down. And, um, you know, I could only go about 55 miles an hour as well. So it took me a while. I had to print out uh, old school map quest directions. And uh, it was it was a neat experience uh, looking back on it. But <laughs> at that time, I was pretty pissed about, you know, driving a, a, a box, um, kind of a heat, heat box. But uh, it was fun, man. I'm, I'm glad the Jeep made it there and back. And, uh, you know, I got to find out, you know, in, in New Jersey, you don't pump your own gas. That was interesting. Um, so yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. In Jersey. Yeah. They, they pump their fists, not their gas. So, um, yeah, that, that's their thing they got going down there. <laughs> but, um, so did you even, like, you didn't even have a, a soft top. So you had to stay with the hard top and really kind of melt in there. I huh? did. I did. It was interesting, oh, you know, and then you have all your stuff in the back and there's not a lot of room in the back of those things either. So had it, you know, packed to the brim, couldn't see out the rear view mirror. And yeah, it was, it was a neat experience. I think if I would have got pulled over or broken down, you know, people would be asking some questions. <laughs> <laughs> no, no doubts there. That's for sure. Uh, especially when you get up to these parts. But, um, you know, one, one thing that is super unique about the Cape league. And, um, I really wanted to get your opinion on this because it sounds like you had an incredible experience. Is um, you know, is host families, you know, cause I, myself, I, I did a study abroad experience and I like checked places off my list because I was like, I don't want to live with another family. So, mm -hmm. you know, what were your thoughts kind of going into that situation? How did, and how did it all go for you? Yeah, so I had had previous experience with a host family uh, when I played uh, a summer league after high school in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, that was my first experience with a host family and kind of got a knowledge of what that was all about. And that's another reason I want to do this podcast is kind of shed some light on what host families do because it's kind of a thankless task. And, uh, you know, you're opening your house up to somebody you don't know. You know, myself, I would feel awkward letting a college kid come live with me. That would just be kind of weird. Um, yeah, but I think that's, what's cool and unique about the Cape league is, is you do the host families and they are great. You know, that's something that they do every year. So they make the transition pretty seamless. And, and my host family in particular, I was super lucky. You know, I got to, uh, to live with the Novaks and, um, mm -hmm. the way it worked is you, I got to the Cape and you meet at like a central location house and then they, you grab your Jersey and then they, they give you an address to your host family. Well, Back then, you know, I had a flip phone, so you don't just pull up the address on your iPhone. And uh, so they right. kind of gave me the old school directions, like you take take your right out of here, go down, go past the grocery <laughs> store. You know, <laughs> if if you hit the Seven Eleven, you've gone too far. Gone too far. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, so anyway, I found it. It was it, incredible house. Uh, it was on the Harwich Harbor there, and and uh, I thought I was at the wrong place because it was so nice and. Um, you know, I get there and, and uh, uh, the wife, Carol, was there and, and greeted me and um, just really cool. We, we did the exchange of pleasantries and obviously I was nervous and, 
and I think she was a little bit too, but we got to know each other as the summer went along and, and uh, I still text them, you know, try to text them every time uh, we play the Red Sox because I think of them and kind of what they did for me. So, um, yeah, that's one of the coolest things about the Cape League. And I, I don't think those host families get enough credit. No, I, I mean, I completely agree with you. I mean, I, I have a family friend who you know, her family, you know, they do the host family stuff and, you know, they have a house in the Cape, do it every summer and they absolutely love it. And I think that a lot of families, I think, especially on the Cape, you know, more of like, you know, growing up with kids. And once the kids get out of the house, I think they would really love this type of an opportunity. So just hearing how important it was for you and like how, you know, it meant a lot to you. I think, you know, there are a lot of families out there that would like to make a difference. And hopefully, you know, this podcast can help shed some light on that and, you know, get some more families involved. That'd be great. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, shifting back towards kind of more of a base, the baseball focus, you know, now, what was your mindset like coming into the Cape League? You know, were you kind of more focused on developing your game and like staying in shape or were you trying to put yourself on the map? I was trying to put myself on the map. You know, I, I had uh, a pretty bad sophomore season and uh, I kind of wanted to rewrite my script. And I felt that going up to the Cape and, and playing against the good competition, I could kind of reinsert myself into into the, you know, the higher portion of the draft. And that was my big goal is to kind of just change – what my sophomore season was because I, I didn't feel comfortable with the way it ended um, at Kentucky. So mm-hmm. that was my big goal was to get up there and, and actually, um, you know, uh, compete and actually do well and, and not just try to get noticed or, or, you know, use it as a time killer or anything like that. I wanted to go up there and prove myself. Awesome. No, and that, and <clears throat> that's, that's good because I, I, you know, there's always some different personas who join, who are in the league. So like sometimes, you know, you have the guys who are really focused on trying to, you know, make it to the bigs like yourself. And then, you know, I've talked to some people who are more just like, you know, like I really just needed to correct some things for my, for my college season so I could, you know, be as best as I could for them. But, you know, you kind of mentioned your coach, Steve Engler. I mean, he is one of the more seasoned co- uh, coaches at the Cape league. You know, how was his influence helpful, not only in terms of your development, but like bringing the team together? Because you only have a few days before the season right, starts. Right, right. Yeah, and that, that he made it so easy. You know, he he's, knows the background of that. He knows all the players don't know anybody. And it's like first day of school kind of thing. Um, so he made that pretty seamless. And he brought in kind of a pro ball feel to it. It was, uh, it was you know, show up on time and I'm not going to be on you about doing your stuff. It's up to you to get what you needed to get done. Uh, but his only thing was showing up on time. If you were late, he had to wash his caddy. That was, that was his only, his <laughs> only rule. Um, so, yeah, just um, that's what was really cool about it. It was definitely kind of preparing you for pro ball because it was like, look, we're going to play a game every day, and there's no school, and we're, I'm going to let you be an adult um, until you prove me otherwise. So I really love that aspect mm-hmm. of it, and that, that really wanted – I, you know – um, really showed me that that's what I wanted to do was, was get into pro ball and, and, you know, get my shot in pro ball because I really liked the way that style was set up. Yeah. And, and, you know, that kind of brings me to my next question, especially with your coach and, you know, bringing the team together, you know, it seemed like he kind of empowered you guys to, you know, go out and do your thing, but, you know, what was the culture like among, you know, the other players involved? Because obviously you guys only knew each other for a few days, you know, maybe you knew a couple of guys beforehand, but you know, you guys only knew, knew each other for a few days, you know, how did you guys all come together as one and really try to, you know, get strong relationships quickly? It was, it was easy. You know, um, 
baseball guys are all the same kind of uh it doesn't really matter like what school you were at or or where you were from it was we were kind of all in the same in the same boat together and we were kind of automatically friends it's just kind of the way it happened and um you know i think that may have had an impact on why we won the championship because we gelled so quickly and 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 it was it was easy we didn't have to force any of it everybody was just automatically friends and you know, we kind of hung out uh, outside the park a little bit and got to know each other that way. So I really do think um, the camaraderie, you know, stemmed from that. And, and that may have what propelled us to the championship. Oh, for sure. I mean, I can definitely see that. You know, you always hear when teams win the championship, they always, they always mention, you know, it's a special group. So, I mean, it definitely seems like you guys did. I mean, obviously, like you said, you won the championship, got a nice, got a nice fat ring out of it, but. You know, now that you're in the bigs, you know, do you still talk to some of your current teammates, um, you know, for, from the Harwich or like even other guys around the league who played in the KBA? Yeah, certainly. Um, the, the teammates uh, from the Harwich team, you know, it's it's cool with social media. You can kind of keep up with their life and and see what they're up to. You know, some guys are now, you know, have kids and, you know, we're scattered around the country. So that's pretty cool. And I get a text here and there uh, from guys where they'll say, hey, you know, I'll be at the game tomorrow and. It's stuff like that, so you just say hi. But uh, you know, you talk to teammates, you know, now in the in the major leagues, like like Tyler Duffy and and guys like that. Uh, when you're in the bullpen and it's you know the middle of the fourth inning and you're the song's playing in between innings, you like you know, what, hey, what what team did you play for in the Cape? And then they, you know, then that gets the ball rolling and everybody talks about kind of memories of the Cape. You know, oh, you played for YD. Like how many you know donut burgers did you eat that summer? And they're like, man, I lost count. It, it, way too many of those. <laughs> so uh, everybody's got stories. And uh, when you talk to people, you kind of realize, um, you know, how cool that is and, and what a privilege it is to play in that league. Absolutely. I mean, it's funny that you bring up the uh, the donut burgers because that's that's always something that comes up. And if, that's one of my favorite things about the Cape League, I think. And now that I'm you know doing this podcast is it really does seem like it's a fraternity among you guys, like very similar to like the Heisman, you know, when people win the Heisman, you know, they're all kind of connected forever. So like is that kind of like the feeling that you get when you're talking to these guys, it's like, wow, we all have this little thing in common. And like, it is. Yeah, like certainly. Certainly. It's, it's one of those deals. You kind of know um, what they went through because you did the same thing and it's just a mutual respect. And uh, you know, what's, uh, what else is cool is, you know, you talk to people on the street or, you know, uh, you get paired with some guy uh, on the golf course and he goes, you know, you hear you play college baseball and he goes, oh, you must have played the Cape then. I say, yeah. And then they'll kind of tell their story or how they're connected to the Cape League or of some sorts or know somebody that did. And uh, I think it's just cool. You know, once people put together, you know, that, that you're in pro ball and that you played college, they automatically just think, well, you must have played in the Cape then. And that's usually true. Oh, yeah. Now, I remember I used to work at the Cape Cod Mall and, you know, the guys would always come in because I worked at a sports store there and you just see these, you know, these massive athletic kids. And right away, I'm just like, you play for the Cape League, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I do yeah. know. So I definitely know that feeling. But, you know, I remember this year a lot because I was I was still living on the Cape at the time. And I actually got to see you pitch twice. One time was, um, I think, you know, one of the best games I saw you pitch. And that was against the Eastern uh, in the Eastern final against YD. You know, what was that atmosphere like for you? And, you know, what do you remember about that? Really game? cool. So I was so excited to, to pitch in some playoff baseball because uh, Kentucky that year, we didn't make a regional or anything. So our season, you know, kind of was cut short in that regard. We didn't get any postseason play. So 
that was my first taste of postseason that year. So I was super jacked. And all I wanted to do was give the team a chance to get to the championship. You know, I knew I wasn't going to play in that game, but I wanted to get there and, and get a chance to get a ring. So um, I remember uh, during batting practice, you know, you all take the – everybody takes the yellow school bus together. And, uh, you know, when <laughs> yeah. there's a starting pitcher during batting practice and stuff, you're kind of just sitting in the dugout on a wood bench and just, you know, twiddling your thumbs a little bit killing time. So I went over and I got a, I got one of those donut burgers and had a donut burger pregame. Uh, you know, there you go. <laughs> when you're in college, it doesn't really matter. You can eat whatever and, and be just fine. So um, I don't remember too much about the game itself. Um, I, I do remember going, going pretty deep in the game, which was nice. Uh, kind of saved the bullpen for the championship game. And that ended up, um, you know, being a big factor for us because, uh, we were able to kind of deploy our best bullpen arms in the championship game instead of uh, trying to just get to the championship game using our best bullpen arms. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, I remember that because you guys used a lot of guys. It was pretty much all hands on deck at that point. And um, you, you could tell it definitely made an impact in that championship game. But, you know, because you were so successful throughout that season, you know, you had the opportunity to play for the Cape League All-Stars. And, you know, at the time, that's when all the games were being done at Fenway Park. So, you know, for you, you go out there facing the best competition in the Cape League. You get the win in the game. But, I mean, what was that like to go out on a historic ballpark like Fenway and then going Man, out? Man, it was unbelievable. Like you know, that's, that's, uh, that's what you dream of. Um, when I got to the Cape League, I didn't know that that was the thing. And uh, once you find out the All-Star game was at Fenway Park, I was like, all right, I'm gunning for that. I don't even care where the team finishes anymore. It's all about the, the all-star mm -hmm. game, but that was cool. Yeah. We took the bus. Uh, actually we got a, one of the charter buses over there. So I was like, Oh, this is a big deal. Uh, yeah. There you go. And, Moving uh, up. Yeah. Uh, again, <laughs> since I was starting the game, you know, I didn't do anything for batting practice. So I was just sitting around taking in the sights, took some pictures by the monster, you know, did the whole deal like people do at Fenway and uh, they had the little door open so i went inside the monster and i'm like man ah, this is so cool i may never get a chance to do this so i'm really glad i have this opportunity and um we were the visiting team so i was you know pitching the the, the bottom of the first and i think i was ready to go probably 40 minutes before the game even started uh the the pitchy coach oh, there was sure. like hey slow down keep slowing down and i just couldn't it was way too excited mm -hmm. and uh the other cool part was after the game um, since I did get the win, I went into the little, um, media room and, uh, did a little press conference thing. And, uh, that was awesome too. I was like, man, this is what the big leaguers must do. Uh, that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Oh, for sure. My parents flew out for the game too. So I got some pictures with them. They took some pictures from the stands. So, uh, always have good keepsakes from that. And, uh, definitely think about it every time we're playing the Red Sox. I, I remember that game. Yeah, that's so cool because I remember I was sitting along the third baseline for that game and I remember distinctly when you got the win and like, you know, they were showing like all the stats on, on the big screen for like the game and I remember seeing like, you know, winning pitcher and it was Taylor Rogers and I admitted mental knowing myself. I'm like, all right, I'm going to keep an eye on this guy. Let's see if he makes it to the league and, you know, sure enough, here you are. And, you know, obviously, you know, I'm sure the Cape League play, played a role in that, but you know, looking back on your time in the Cape League and how successful was it, you know, how did that summer really help you to get to where you are? I, I think that pro ball atmosphere, um, you know, once you get to pro ball, you kind of have an idea of what it's going to be like. 
and the way it's going to be structured. Mm-hmm. And, and once I got the pro ball, mm-hmm. it was like, I just felt like I was in the Cape again. You know, I went, you, know, you report to the short season team and, you know, the ballparks are similar to the Cape league and uh, same kind of thing. You have a bunch of college kind of all-stars, you know, that had gotten drafted and uh, it felt like I was back in the Cape. Um, so definitely was prepared uh, more so for the uh, for professional baseball after playing in the Cape. Mm, I mean, that's great to hear. I mean, I know that's what the Cape League shoots for. But, you know, so after that summer, you know, you, you get back up to, to Kentucky and you start playing your season in the spring. You know, did you notice any more attention to, around yourself because of what you did in the there Cape was, League? Yeah, yeah, there was, yeah. Yeah, there definitely had a little more. That was right about the time when, uh, you know, they were doing like draft rankings and stuff like that. Um, it was still kind of hodgepodge, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, I definitely had a little more of a following for, uh, you know, potential draft pick and everything like that. And, you know, where they think your season's going to go after, you know, it, it's, it's just a good, you know, kind of benchmark for this, the, the scouts and the reporters to kind of revert back to and say, all right, you know, this guy had a good year in the Cape. There's no reason why he wouldn't have a good year in the SEC either. So, um, yeah, definitely had a little bit more exposure after playing in the Cape. Awesome. I mean, that's great. But, you know, one thing I always like to ask when, when people, when I, when I get to interview people like yourself is, you know, away from playing in the games, living on the Cape that summer, you know, what were some of the things that you were doing for fun, whether it was like with your teammates or with your host family? Does anything kind of pop out to you? In the yeah, stuff certainly. You still so the, the host family uh, took me fishing on their boat uh, quite a few times, which was awesome. Um, it was really cool to be out there and, and kind of see the Cape from the water. And, and really get a feel for the way it looks. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really think it's a unique place because it kind of, you kind of feel like you're in a small town a little bit, um, but it's very mm-hmm. unique and very interesting out there. Love it. And uh, we, we did play some golf courses, uh, a couple golf courses, you know, that, that date back to the early 1900s. And it's just pretty cool to think about uh, all the players that have been on that course too. And with teammates outside, the, outside of baseball, we went to a, a pub that was uh, the hot stove. Um, we went over there and, and there was yep. a pizza place in town, you know, that supported the Harwich Mariners a lot. Uh, they had pictures up in the, in the place um, of past Harwich championship teams and, and everything like that. So um, that was pretty cool. Uh, other than that though, there really wasn't much. We went to the beach uh, quite a few times and uh, just hung out on the beach, you know, on off days and stuff. Um, but, yeah, mostly I just remember being at the ballpark. Uh, you know, as a starter, uh, I would always go sit in the bullpen and, and talk to everybody in the bullpen. And, man, we, we didn't pay attention one lick down there. It was uh, <laughs> it was just, just <laughs> hanging out, hanging yeah. out with all the guys, you know, in a confined space. And then that's where you really get to know people and, and get close with people is, is doing stuff like that. And, and I, that's a credit to, uh, to Steve Engler, you know, letting me do that. You know, I, if I'm, as a starter, I'm not doing anything, so – I don't, I don't want to hang with the position players. You know, we don't have anything in common. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I hear that. And you kind of brought something up there that I wanted to touch on because obviously, you know, the fields that you play on in the Cape League are not the same that you play in, you know, in, at college or even in the pro level. And, you know, the fans are right there. Like, I remember I would walk behind the bullpen, like, all the time when I was growing up as a kid. Was that kind of cool for you to be like, you know, right there, like with the fans and have them interact with you? Maybe yeah, especially yeah, certainly. Again, that's that's one of the things that prepares you for pro ball is uh, that fan interaction. You know, sometimes guys would come down there and, 
you know, start talking trash to the bullpen. And that's exactly what happens uh, in pro ball. Same deal. Um, it's, it's not a hello, how you mm-hmm. doing? It's, uh, you know, you're trash. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was I another that. aspect that kind of prepares you for pro ball a little bit. And, um, you know, Steve, uh, let me, uh, I got to water the field every day. Um, you know, with, with, with firefighters in my family, that's all I wanted to do was, was handle the hose and, and water the field. And then, uh, also what I did is, um, well, we'd walk through the stands and do the 50, 50 raffle. Uh, which was pretty cool. So I'd always do that in the first couple innings and then slide down to the bullpen and, and uh, you know, talk trash to the bullpen guys. There you go. Yeah, I know that. Um, now there's being a starting pitcher, you know, it is a little bit of a different position. Cause like you said, you know, you, you pitch once and then you don't pitch again for, you know, four days. Um, can you kind of take, give us a look on, you know, what that looks like for you from like a preparation standpoint, because I, I don't think a lot of people really understand kind of what goes on. Yeah. And that was another thing. Pitching. Um, the, the pitching coach there helped the starting pitchers with, um, cause you know, in college you're, you're only pitching once a week. So you have that routine down, uh, to where you're pitching once a week. And, uh, once you do every five days, that kind of changes your mindset a little bit. And he had, he had played uh, pro ball with the white Sox, So he said, you know, this is kind of what I did, and this is what other guys do at Pro Ball for every five days. So he said, give this a shot. You can tweak things here and there, but this is kind of the way things are done in, in professional baseball. So um, that's that. I jumped full in. I'm like, well, this is what I want to do. So let's start getting a, uh, a routine together for every five days. And, um, that, and that was another aspect of learning. So we did a bullpen, you know, uh, your second day off, you'd pitch in the game, you'd have a day off, and then you'd throw a bullpen and uh, that's where I really learned um, that's that bullpen session is that's where you work on stuff and that's where you work to try to get better. So um, definitely thankful to have that experience. So I didn't have to necessarily learn that once I got to pro bowl, I felt like I was a step ahead um, once I got there. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like he was a great pitching coach to have. Um, so it's game day for you. You're getting ready, you know, you, you know, you're getting into your routine. You know, do you have any sort of special routine you do? And, and also from a mentality standpoint, you know, I was a college soccer player. So I was one of those kids on a game day. The moment I walked into the locker room, like I wouldn't <laughs> talk to anybody. It was it was game time, super focused. And that's how I went about it. But then I had teammates who were more like jungle, juggling a soccer ball, laughing and stuff like that. So I'm just kind of curious, what's what? How do you approach it on game day? To get yeah, I'm not, I'm not the superstitious type. Um, definitely not the type to, to be silent or, you know, don't talk to me kind of guy. Um, I try to stay happy-go-lucky. Um, obviously, there's some nerves attached to it. But, yeah, most of the time, I, I just – I'm watching the clock, you know, trying to get the time to speed up and uh, trying to be regimented. Once, once it's uh, usually about a half hour before the game is when I start to get going. Um, so once that happened, I try to be real regimented. Um, about about how I went about my business um, a half hour before the game, but leading up until that, just do whatever, whatever kind of comes comes, and talk to people and see what we did. You know, another thing we used to do um, on on the days you weren't starting at home, you know, the home team takes BP first. So we used to uh, mm-hmm. once BP was over, all the pitchers we would jump in in cars and we'd go to the gas station and get sunflower seeds and Gatorades and stuff for the game. Uh, while the other team was taking batting practice. And I just mm-hmm. thought that was really cool that, you know, that Steve let us do that too, because he trusted us to go do it. And uh, he said, you know, I trust you now and just don't give me a reason not to trust you. And uh, 
that was that was pretty cool. So those days I wasn't pitching. I definitely was getting some candy bars and some Slurpees from the gas station. There you go. Yeah, the Slurpees from Seven Eleven. That's a, it's always a key right. staple. I feel like. <laughs> Um, so I just have two last questions for you and it's actually kind of about your, about your pro stuff you have going on. So, you know, you made your debut, I think it was back in the beginning of the season in 2016. Do you remember what was kind of going through your head when you finally, you know, not only got the call to go up, but then, you know, the first time you walked out. Certainly. Yeah. It's probably just like anybody else. Uh, you can't feel your legs. You, you, you're, you can't feel yourself breathing and, uh, the heart rates Mm -hmm. just through the roof and, uh, yeah, it's, it's just something, you know, you, you've, you've thought about since you were a child and that day finally comes, you don't really know how to react. And uh, to get through my debut without giving up a run or anything was probably big uh, in the grand scheme of things. Oh, yeah. Um, but it was, it was, that was a different dynamic too. You know, I had got there in our, and the ball club was 0-9 at the time. So I got to the clubhouse. It's the greatest day of my life. And I get in there and it's a little bit more of a somber mood. So I kind of had to, I kind of had to check myself sure. and, and make sure I wasn't out of line uh, in the clubhouse. Definitely, you know, being that rookie who's all excited to be there, and uh, these guys are more, you know, business trying to get the season turned around. So um, there was a lot going on. Logistical stuff once you get called up uh, is a lot. Uh, uh, the game is kind of secondary to everything else. You know, you're making sure your family, you know, has their tickets and that they're okay. You know, in their hotel rooms. You're trying to make sure you're on time for batting practice and, you know, you got to grab, you know, the bullpen bag. You do all your rookie duties and you're trying to stay out of the way of the veterans and everything like that. You're talking to media about what you think about, you know, being here for the first time. So the game's kind of secondary, you know, once you're trying to take care of all the other stuff around you. Oh, I, I bet. I mean, I think one movie that comes to mind when you start talking about that was um, mm-hmm. The Rookie with Dennis Quaid. Right, because I think they kind of showed that piece, you know, pretty well. Because um, you see him like going through that, like, no, I gotta get like tickets to my family. Like, he gets the call; it's all exciting. So, uh, that that that's definitely good to know. And you, you said something interesting: You're, the team being zero and nine. You know how you know how is it like being the new guy going in? And you know, were they really receptive to you and like kind of bringing you in right away? A little like, bit, like? uh, guys. Some guys were, some guys weren't. Um, you know, I developed a relationship with a couple of them in in camp that year. Uh, so that was good. And um, a couple of them, you know, uh, are not so excited to say hi to you. The thing that helped me was um, Joe Maurer came up and, and introduced himself. He says, I'm Joe Maurer. I'm like, I know who you are, Joe. But the fact that he came over <laughs> yeah. and made the time and, and said hello, uh, kind of I took a deep breath and was like, OK, everything's OK now. You know, we can we can kind of get on with, with our work and. Um, another bullpen pitcher, you know, came up to me and I was trying to stay out of everybody's way, uh, to get warmed up and, and, uh, you know, doing your bands and everything. And, and he said, Hey man, you, you're here to do a job just as much as everybody else is, you know, make sure you're preparing, uh, as you would. And I was like, well, this is great. You know, uh, I feel more comfortable. And, um, you know, a funny story about that is when I got called up, the team was at home in Minnesota and the general manager, Terry Ryan picked me up from the airport. So I was like, this is pretty oh, cool, cool, you know? And, um, yeah, so he picks me up and I get in the car and he goes, how you doing? And I'm like, well, I'm, you know, I'm as good as I can be as good as I've ever been. And, uh, I said, well, how are <laughs> yeah. you doing? And that's when I realized what was going on. Cause he goes, well, it's not too fruitful here uh, right now. 
was like, oh yeah, okay. So <laughs> that's when I that's when I realized I need to check myself right. at the door because you know other things are going on uh, outside of just yourself. Oh, for sure, for sure. But I mean, now I think it's pretty safe to say that you're kind of you know you, you may be one of those you know leaders now in the clubhouse. I mean, last year seems like it was a really big, big year for you. I mean, you started off as the setup man. And then by the end of the year, you were the closer, you know, got 30 saves, you know, had a ton of strikeouts. I mean, what was last season like for you, especially starting off in one role and then your role changed? Yeah. yeah, It's, um, it's another one of those, one of those progressions. Um, I feel like, you know, last year uh, was my fourth year and that was right about the time the game starts to slow down a little bit for you. Um, when you're, you, you get a feel for, for the road cities. I think that's the biggest thing, uh, as my career has gone on is, uh, you know, you're going to these different parks and you, you know, where the clubhouse is when you get there, um, you know, you kind of start to get to know the clubbies on the road. So you just feel more comfortable and, uh, you know what to expect when you're on the road. And I think that's a big deal because now you can just specifically focus on the game and your craft. Whereas before, you know, your first time in Yankee stadium, you're kind of looking up the whole time. Uh, and you're figuring out, hey, I'm in Yankee Stadium. Yeah. Whereas now you're kind of like, okay, I know what to expect at Yankee Stadium. And now it's time to just get down to business and play baseball. All right. No, I, that's that's awesome. And I think there's no um, – I mean, there's definitely a reason why you are where you are. And it seems like you just have a great mental approach to the game. Um, you know, last question for you is, you know, now being in the league for a few years, you probably have played in a, you know, all the stadiums just about at this point. Is there any stadium that like is your favorite to play in or really sticks yeah, out to you? Yeah, not just because we're doing this podcast. Fenway is is definitely you know up there on the list. Uh, the historicness of it, and then obviously you know my personal experience with it. Uh, that's one of my favorites. Uh, you can't beat Fenway Park in Boston. I love I love that city, and um, you know, I, and not just because I'm with the Twins either. Target Field is one of the better ones. It's it's so nice and and, and classy and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a, a day game at, at Target Field in July, you just cannot beat it. So, um, yeah, once you say, like you say, it's, it's uh, when you're in a big league stadium, it, it's hard to uh, complain. Yeah, I remember. I mean, I know that's a newer stadium for the Twins, too, because I remember the old one. But the uh, I think it was like a more of a dome setup, and the balls would always get lost up in the um, up in the rafters up there. But it seems like where you guys play now is pretty incredible. But yeah, I mean, Taylor, I think I, I can speak for the entire league. I mean, you are a great example for what, you know, what could be for a lot of people coming into the Cape League. And I think your story is really awesome. And I know that we're all going to be keeping an eye on your career. And, you know, we're all yeah, hoping well, for Thank you very much for having me. I'm, I'm glad to uh, hopefully shed some light on, on the league a little bit. I think I could speak for everybody and say that the, definitely have a soft spot in the heart for, uh, for the league and, and memories um, for everybody and, and not just for the guys that, that have made it to the major leagues, but guys that didn't, I, I know that, that, that summer really made an impact on them. Yeah, no, it, it's great to hear. And, and what's crazy too, is the impact that, you know, you all make not only on the volunteers that go, but the fans too. I mean, I still, like I said, I still have memories of you pitching out there and the stuff that I'm never going to forget. So, you know, we all, as a local, I can say thank you from, uh, you know, from everyone. Well, thank you very and, you know, much. Keep up the thank good work. you for having me. That concludes this episode of the Cape League Podcast. Thank you again to Taylor for an awesome conversation. Don't forget, follow us on Twitter at Cape League Pod and on Instagram at Cape League Podcast. 
Tune into our episode next week where we'll be interviewing former Falmouth Commodore Mark Hamilton. Thanks, everybody. See you next week.